Hello Mustang fans and welcome to another Ford Performance Edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host John Clore. You know, for my years at Auto Week Magazine, the Ford Special Vehicle Team, Ford Racing, and now Ford Performance, I've always known that everyone has a Mustang story. So to that end, I hope you are reading my efforts to tell your story in the enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com, as well as keeping up with the latest happenings in the Mustang hobby by checking out FordPerformanceClubConnect.com every week. And my co-host is a Mustang hobby and industry expert who is perhaps best known as the longtime president of the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan, or MOXM, one of the largest and most active Mustang clubs on the continent, plus who heads up BOXM for you Bronco owners, as well as being the new leader behind the International Council of Mustang Clubs. Of course, I only could be talking about my friend Mike Ray. Mike, don't you have enough to do? Uh, you have no idea. Every day it seems like we got more and more on our plate, but uh, we keep pushing through, don't we, John? We sure do, and that's why we love doing the Mustang Owners Podcast, because tonight we are talking, you know, we, we tease each other when we talk about each other, but we're talking about an absolute legend in the Mustang journalism business, and people that, if you don't know their, this man's name, I would say, Mike, you're, you know, you're a zombie. Yeah, for many, 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 many years. <laughs> yeah. Although he doesn't look that old. Ladies no, and not at all. No, ladies and gentlemen, we want to introduce you to someone you've probably heard a million times over if you've been in the Mustang family for any number of years. We're going to be talking tonight to Jim Camposano of ProMedia. You'll know Jim as the longtime editor of Muscle Mustangs and Fast Forwards, and of course, author of many books, including Powered by SVT. Jim Camposano, welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. John, Mike, I am honored to be on with you tonight. I can't wait for this thing to get going because I am excited to be talking to all these people. I love Mustangs. And John, you know, you and I go back a long way and, you know, I'm really excited to be on this call. Well, it's it's great to have you because, you know, uh, we, we don't like to talk about how long we've been doing this <laughs> because then the people out there go, oh, that guy's really old. I'm not going to listen to this podcast. You know, he's an ancient person. But I remember as a young man, uh, you know, talking my way into all kinds of things that a, an editor at Auto Week should never go to. And one of the <laughs> things I talked myself into was something called the Supercar Showdown. I just love old Detroit iron. I show up there, and Mike, you'd appreciate this. I show up there, and we're on this, you know, we're we're looking over this beautiful drag strip, and this, the cars sound fantastic. And I look at some guy taking pictures, and he's got his credential, and I've got my credential, and he's some guy named Jim Camposano. And he looks at me, he goes, Auto Week, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, subtle I was, wasn't I? Um, you know, Supercar Showdown in beautiful Youngstown, Ohio, the uh, drag strip formerly known as Quaker City Dragway. Right. Um, it was such a gorgeous setting for a racetrack. The burnout box was actually uphill. You do your burnout and you're looking kind of up, up in the sky <laughs> and you cross, you crest the little bump when you come out and you're flat on the ground. Oh, God, I went to that event so many times, both as a journalist and as a racer. God, it was wonderful. I miss those days very much. Well, you have a background similar to mine. Before I got to Auto Week, I spent almost 15 years at the Detroit News. And after being labeled as a smart aleck, I wound up <laughs> in the sports department and um, eventually became the sports copy chief at the Detroit News. And back then, it was the fifth largest paper in the United States, the old gray lady. And you spent years as a sports writer after you left college. 
Absolutely. Uh, in college, I covered town council of board of ed meetings for the Newark Star Ledger, <laughs> and that eventually ended up as a position as a sports writer on the Star Ledger, covering high school and college sports. Um, you talk about being thrust into positions you have no business being in. I ended up being the uh, sports columnist and the ranking uh, editor. I used to rank all the high school girls soccer teams in the state. I didn't know soccer. What do I know about soccer? I know it's, it's like kickball, right? I mean, so here I am, the guy with no knowledge of the sport, I barely know what the positions are, and I'm doing the statewide top 20 and New Jersey uh, soccer, all high school sports. We treated it like the New York Times treats, you know, government. I mean, it was serious business. We do three pages a day of high school and college sports. There's, there's nothing wrong with learn while you earn. In fact, a lot of people don't know this. But Mike Ray has a secret sports a little uh, love affair, and he is an avid sports card collector. Mike, just be honest with everyone. It's not just Mustangs with you. It's sports cards. That's the hidden fun fact with me that I uh, I am a vintage uh, sports card collector, um, but nothing newer than the 70s. Uh, it's got to be back 50s, 60s, 70s. That's all I work on. But, yeah, a lot of people do not know that little fun fact about me. <laughs> well, you're a well, renaissance man, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's but isn't it funny? We all wound up getting into this love of American Iron, and then, of course, my loving Mustangs and Jim. You love far more than that. You know, you, you're, you're, uh, once you got into writing and becoming an editor of several magazines, including muscle car magazines and vets and all kinds of stuff, but it wasn't until your time with Muscle Mustangs and Fast Forward that you really came in, in and unto yourself in our community, in the Mustang community. And Mike, I bet you, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I bet you, you have copies of Muscle Mustangs and Fast Forwards in your house right now. Absolutely. Like I said, in my mind, growing up as an enthusiast my whole life, since a kid, all you Mustang journalists, and John, I'm including you in there too. I mean, all were my heroes. Uh, Jim, uh, Evan was doing stuff on there, uh, yourself. Uh, Donald Farr, uh, you know, Mark Houlihan, uh, Steve Turner, all those guys. I've followed you all way before I met any of you. <laughs> wow. Well, Jim, Jim, you have to admit, I mean, in those days, it was uh, th those magazines were almost for every brand. And you were you were just every week there was something else going on and you were chasing stories and the events were everywhere. You were living a wild lifestyle being the editor of that magazine. It was like the wild, wild west, I can honestly say. And as the magazine grew from 66 pages to over 300 pages, um, and I can't take responsibility for that. I was just the guy steering the ship. I mean, I would get phone calls from publishers at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock East Coast time from the West Coast. Hey, we're adding 48 more pages to the magazine this month. Do you have enough stories? And you sit there and you're like, 40, how many, that's like, I got to come up with 24 more pages of editorial, which it's like, Hey, can you triple my money too? It, you know what? It was so crazy. And I never forgot the most important part of it though, is that I had the King, I had the key to the candy store and the, the crazier ideas that my staff and I came up with the, everybody seemed to it seemed to resonate both with the readers and I can tell you the people at Ford, they must have thought we were insane, but they never said no to any of my crazy project ideas.
Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, there's a Mike's right. There was a whole group of you, and uh, you know, I like I was lucky enough to meet you at Auto Week, and of course, our our paths didn't cross for a while until I decided that you know, the reason I left the newspaper, I never had a day off. Uh, by 1984, the Tigers were in the World Series, and I think I worked like 36 six day weeks, and I never, you know, I think I had Tuesdays and Thursdays off if I had a day off, and then one time Auto Week you had weekends off unless you traveled, and of course, who doesn't like to go on long leagues and campy? Your guys were on every anything that with anything to do with Ford, any collector, any show, any racing event. You guys really tried to cover the Mustang Earth. Well, we really did. And but again, how can you say no? If you love cars and you're passionate about Mustangs and Fords, and as a kid, and I, I'll tell you this true story. I used to watch TV, I'd see I Dream of Genie, and they were all driving different Pontiacs, GTOs, and Firebirds, and big cars. And, you know, each, you know, what was it, um, Bewitched had Chevrolets, and and I always thought, my God, these, these things are magical. And when I became editor, when I started working on the Mustang magazines, I worked at CSK Publishing in New Jersey, That's right. and we had... Um, Six magazines that we did, uh, Muscle Cars, Vet, High Performance Mopar, and High Performance Pontiac. And then we started this crazy magazine called Muscle Mustangs. And I was a copy editor. And Steve Collison was the Hmm. guy who really got the magazine going. And then he left in 93 and put me at the helm. And at that point, the 5.0 Mustang thing, the original 5.0, not the Coyote 5.0, was exploding. I mean... There were more parts coming out for that, and I just said, you know what? We're just going to keep having fun with this. Uh, we, we, you know, we broke some parts, we broke some hearts, we left some, we put some test cars through their paces, left axle parts all over the starting line at Raceway Park in English Town. <laughs> but good lord, man, we, I always said, put the readers first, and that will make you successful. And we did, and we had some crazy, crazy times. Well, you, I mean, I, I was into Mustangs before the rolling in your 5.0 came along, but I think Mike had the same thing with you once the 5.0 established itself and um, the engineering became to the point where Mustang then got into some horsepowers and all you guys that out there who de- <laughs> developed some kind of affinity for a notchback Fox body with just an LX with a, uh-huh. build, yeah, that's, that, that was the ultimate streetcar for you guys. Oh, cloth interior, five-speed yep. transmission, and a five-liter V8. That's all you needed. And back then, it was very easy to buy one without air conditioning. So if you really wanted to go fast, 
And, you know, it was the it was the original muscle car era all over again, except the cars didn't pollute and they got good fuel economy. And, you know, I'm old enough where I missed that first muscle car era. I was buying those muscle cars used in the 70s and early 80s. And then I was kind of conflicted at first because I'm like, these Mustangs are really, really bad to the bone. I need to get one. But to get one, I'd have to sell an old car. And yeah. it was so it was, you know, it was awful to have to, you know, but again, I recognized early on that this second coming of the muscle car era was spectacular. And gosh, it started in around 1982, 83, and it never ended. It's still going strong here. <laughs> you know, if you take 83 as your starting point when the Mustang bosses back campaign with yep. a four barrel carburetor. Well, here we are 40 years later, John. And frankly, I don't know how that happened because I'm still only 28 years old. <laughs> so is Mike Ray. He still has, well, he doesn't, Mike, you don't have your SVO anymore, but that got you into the whole Mustang hobby, right? Well, yeah, my, I had a few before that. Uh, my first was an 85 GT convertible. That was my first Mustang. But the longest uh, one I hold on to was my SVO. I had that for 13 years, wow. but never took it to a car show or anything like that. Just cruised it around. Um, but when I seen the 05 come out, I said, that's the one I got to have. So I put the SBO up for sale and the rest is history. And it turned me into a monster. <laughs> well, well, Mustangs definitely turned Jim Camposano into a monster. Uh, you know, Jim, you've written, you know, I, I thought I, you know, it was going to have a heart attack after writing two books. You wrote six, but the good news is three of them were, well, two of them were Mustang and one was SVT. Of course, that's when I started hanging out with you. I, I joined SVT in 1995 and uh, at the Cobra R uh, long lead and, um, you know, we, we, we hit it off. As you know, one of our great friends it was the chief engineer of the Ford Special Vehicle Team, John Coletti. And Absolutely. Uh, for, for Mike Ray, John Coletti is like the, uh, uh, is like the holy grail of guys he's never going to be able to get to come to a car show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, John Coletti, Bill Ford, and Carol Shelby are the three guys that I never got a chance to meet. And no one believes that I haven't met Bill Ford yet, but I have not. Well, you've, uh -oh. you've, you've just missed him a couple times, but I know Campy, there was something about you, Jim, that um, maybe it was your conversational tone. I think it was you and Coletti are like in souls when it comes to Mustang, when you like, you like horsepower, you like noise, um, you like f brute force, uh, and, and you, you like a little bit of a sleeper angle, you love drag racing, and you guys really kind of hit it off, and he didn't hit it off with every editor of, say, the buff books, I won't tell you which ones, or some um, large newspaper auto writers he wasn't a favorite with. But, but when we had a long lead, and it was what he called the Mustang book guys. So if you were from a Mustang mag, and Mike, you were talking about it earlier, it was guys like, you know, Steve Turner and Evan Smith and, you know, you know Houlihan and Camposano. And I mean, they're the, all, they all wrote for Mustang books, Donald Farr and Jimmy Smart. And, and John was in his element, Jim. When you were around and you guys seemed to, when you were talking to him, it wasn't like you were talking to a Ford engineer, the head of a special vehicle program. You were just talking to one of your buds at the drag strip. Well, you know, it's funny. You know, the first time I met John Coletti was in uh, Solvang, California at the 1994 Mustang Long Lead. Now, this is the first new Mustang in 15 years. So I'm, you know, and I had just become editor of Muscle Mustangs a few months earlier. And I didn't really know anyone at Ford at the time. And so I'm kind of like, 
this is huge and I've got him beyond my game. Um, but that competitive spirit did it. And then I met Mr. Coletti and in turn, John and I, like you said, we hit it off immediately. We're just two Italian guys from New Jersey. You know, <laughs> I grew up in Jersey city. John was born in Newark. We both had these Italian immigrant parents and you know, you were there. I mean, it was crazy. This, the, we just hit it off immediately. And I, I'm still blessed that on my Muscle Car Campy YouTube channel last summer, I shot John's 1968 AMX for my yeah. channel. Yeah. Um, you know, he drove that. He always says it. He drove it to his first day of work at Ford and it broke down. He went through a, a big giant puddle at work and his first day at work at Ford, it stalled. <laughs> he has to get towed. <laughs> so, but, but John is just, He's an enthusiast and everything he put into those cars, but he's also a great businessman. He know how to make the financial case for something. And once he showed what a success he was, I mean, the guy saved the Mustang. He brought yeah. that SN95 1994 Mustang to market for $700 million. And even in 1993-94, that was nothing. I mean, what they spent $2 billion or $7 billion on the Contour and yeah. Mystique and Mondeo. So yeah. $700 million. And he came out with a whole new car that I think in 2000 sold 201 or 210,000 copies. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. The guy's a genius and fun to be around and just loves life. And I'm hoping to see him just before the NMRA 25th anniversary in on june 8th through 11th i'm still trying to convince him to come down i don't think he'll be one of our featured guests he just doesn't want to do that but i have a feeling the people who show up at norwalk for the 25th will see john coletti moving around the property well you know to his credit he you know when he uh left svt let's put it that way he uh you'll see him at auto shows incognito he he doesn't make a spectacle of himself because you know why jim because he's still a car guy and you know that that's there's not that's never going to go away and mike i gotta tell you this um at solvang um i was still with auto week i didn't i didn't yeah you were you you were you were one of the uh the fifth, yeah, I, fifth estate yeah right I, I could not yeah right and but, but i was in that middle ground i wasn't the the monthly buff book and i wasn't the mustang book i was like auto week was kind of a you know, an aberration in the middle of, you know, guys who wanted to do, you know, a weekly, uh, they, they're, they're, they're a little wacky. So and I tried, term, what are you doing here? Right? I, yeah. <laughs> and I, I was leaning more towards you guys on the Mustang buff books. And uh, Mike, I don't know if you know this, but at Selvang over the campfire after a long day of talking to Zevil Kink and the Fox four platform and all this and why it has a five Oh in it and not a four, six, four valve, all this wonderful stuff. We went down by the, uh, uh, the campsite and uh, somebody got and I wasn't drinking campy but somebody got me to sing peaceful easy feeling and I was told you know I could have had a career as a singer if I you know had bad hearing well you know there was a lot of alcohol going around that night so <laughs> what was really cool about that area the campsite you're speaking of we rode you could have the option of riding horseback down to dinner that night which I did and right on the other side of the canyon there was Ronald Reagan's ranch. Right. And next door to that was Michael Jackson's Neverland. <laughs> so you talk about, you know, me, Coletti, you, Michael Jackson, and Ronald <laughs> Reagan. It was it was glorious. 
Oh, stop. No, uh, a lot of people don't realize. And, and unfortunately, um, I think one of our next books, Jim, we should get together and do this. Uh, J John Cluddy's not known as the man who did save Mustang, but everybody in Ford knows that when uh, the would-be SN16 probe uh, was shown, and I, I got to talk to uh, Neil Wrestler and Bob Rui at Mike Ray's wonderful Mustang 50th event, and I got to tell you, um, Bob Rui, uh, I had never known who that one person was that broke the, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, but it was Bob Rui that killed the SN16, the probe, from becoming the Mustang. It was the vice president of the company who said, what's this? That You got a Mustang on that thing? That's a nice car, but it's not a Mustang. Call it something else. And when, yeah. I can't sell that to my dealers. And when Ford upper management heard that he, the, your vice president of marketing cannot sell that as a Mustang, they did call it something else. And John Coletti was given the task, because of the way you New Jersey guys are, I guess, <laughs> giving a gold cross over there to Allen Park. Mike, you know where that um, the old Montgomery Wards building was over there? And the, yep. get, a, get a skunk work together and just go make something happen. And if they didn't come up with something that looked good and, and you know, with no money and, you know, no budget and uh, just a handful of people, and then the, the car's over. And, and he does not get enough credit for that. And, Jim, no. I think that's why John Coletti picked you of – really his choice of 50 different journalists to write as powered by SVT, the SVT story for uh, the Ford special vehicle team. And man, uh, you, you, you kicked it out of the park with that book. Well, thank you. I had a lot of great people to work with there. You, Alan Hall, um, you guys pushed me harder than that was the hardest thing I ever did. And I thought, you know, because I'm the editor of Muscle Mustangs. I'm the big swing and you know what, you know? <laughs> and I turn, I send in stuff and they're like, yeah, no, this isn't quite there. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm like, should have asked for more money. <laughs> but <laughs> more, but more time. It was, it was the most wonderful thing that I think I ever, it was certainly the one thing I'm probably the most proud of. Um to be involved in something like that. I know my mother and father were really proud that I had a book that had a Ford part number on it. I mean, it was, it was absolutely amazing. And I still, the access that I had and the stories that I heard, and frankly, there wasn't enough room in, even in a book to tell all the stories. Oh, no. Oh, and, no. And, the, and the time frame that we had to do it. Oh my God. If, if I had had more time and more pages but let me tell you, I will never forget those times. And, you know, and Coletti himself, you know, when it came time to, you know, the, do the 2002 Cobra and he said, no, I'm not releasing this. Right. The set 11th hour. Yeah. He drove it there on the, the, the West Coast, the Western Drive. Right. And he basically said, I'm going into they stopped at a convenience store to get some drinks. And he said, I'm going in here to get a six pack of Alpo because this thing is a dog put a supercharger on it, put a turbo. I don't care what you do, but I am not signing off on this car. Unheard That's unheard of. That's unheard of. I mean, I mean uh, to cancel that program. Uh, but then, uh, I mean, look what happened. The Terminator was born. And that's and when it, our friends at classic. Chevrolet, they terminated the Camaro. It didn't play in the sandbox anymore. It, it had to go away. It wasn't even playing in the same league. That wasn't the same game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I remember when I it was rated at 390 horsepower, and I tested one. And unlike the 99 Cobra, which was rated at what 320 horse, yep, and 
you put it on a dyno and it didn't make five more or so than the uh the 96 to 98 cars well the the terminators were rated at 390 horse and they were making 384 to the rear wheels on a chassis dyno and i called up john and i'm like hey john what's going on with this thing make how much does this thing really make <laughs> he's like oh no he goes we just have that magic transmission fluid it's really it's really an efficient drive train it, it only makes 390 and as he told me later he says yeah he goes advertising and the marketing people needed a number so i knew it made 390 so i just came up with that number and in my mind they were probably easily making 430 to 450 horsepower which at the time was oh my lord you know <laughs> two six well, the mustang gt at the time only made 260 yeah I, let's face it I, if you're if you're listening you love mustang history um you have I, I one time wrote a column about how the terminator was the grand canyon jump for mustang it, it completely changed that car's personality and, and almost forever because it's been wearing superchargers ever since and it, it really in my mind um the personality of the car change and and that's personality in in, in two words is john coletti <laughs> yeah oh i and i think he want you know he also supercharged the ford lightning the f-150 lightning mm -hmm. back in i guess whatever it was at 98 or 99 i my brain is not what it used to be yeah when we got the p96 truck yep i think he really secretly wanted that mustang to fail so he could put a supercharger on it um it was you know i can remember and it's a true story we went to uh giovanni's italian restaurant in detroit one night and it was me and evan in a mustang press car and coletti in a in a lightning and we're you know we're in the middle of that that section of detroit i don't think you have to worry about too much about hitting anybody or anything <laughs> and we pull up we're up at the stoplight next and he's revving it up and the next thing you know man we're taking off street racing through detroit and i'm like that's coletti no filter you no, know that, he's just that, an enthusiast and to this day i think his influence is still being felt throughout ford motor company it is in in more so with the fans now mike why is it such a uh, a holy grail thing for you uh, i mean the, for the last couple of years and even in the last couple of svt anniversaries you've always asked me and you know i'd call john up and and i'd say well you hang out with camposano i got more ink for you than camposano did i was your pr guy yeah I got ink everywhere. <laughs> and he'd, he'd laugh because he knows that he he shares those stories with you but mike was always asking me and like he was he was saying like john come on you're not trying hard enough but mike what was it <laughs> I mean, what was it about? Well, like I said, it's just all legends. And, you know, like I said, everybody always asks me why I do what I do, and it's the relationships you build in the industry. And for what John accomplished and SVT, I mean, to me, the most popular one in my era, for sure, that gave all power and everything to Ford and to Mustang. So, yeah, he's like an idol that you just want to meet. I want to shake his hand. I want to tell him thank you for what you created. And, uh, you know, oh, I would love to have done that with Carol Shelby as well. I just never got a chance. I miss Carol five times like by a couple minutes and bill ford i mean just you know i've always wanted to be associated with ford my whole life and never got these opportunities to meet them meet them and uh but i came close to bill and carol but never to uh, mr coletti and uh, john yeah that's the one I, I think i've been asking you the most since the day i met you that you i won't you I won't be quiet about it you keep hammering yeah. me and i'm yeah. saying the guy you got to call is camposano well now that we well, got him on the like line I jim said, what can you I, do 
I think if you come to the 25th anniversary reunion, I'm sure I think 99% that Kaledi will be there on Saturday. And I can so, tackle him and talk to him. <laughs> I will personally make sure that you do. How's that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, um, there's, there's, there's more to the story. And, uh, one of my favorite all-time Jim Camposano, John Coletti stories for you, those of you who uh, want us to lift up the curtain and find out the secret stuff that happened at those press leads was um, during the Mustang books dinner, as he called it, get the Mustang guys together. And um, of course we had a private room after the, the day of driving Cobras and Coletti was holding court at the head of the table. And he would say, uh, of course, I had a budget, and I, you know, we had we went in and negotiated a, a deal for the room and what the menu would be, and it's on a little sheet on their paper. And Mike, you know, all the all the journalists were looking at the paper. Do they want the chicken or the and and Coletti this is Clore. What's this limited menu? These are my boys. He goes, guys, you can have anything you want off the menu. And I go, whoa, 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 John, no, 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 no they can't. He goes, Clore, these are my boys. No, and so he throws the little piece of paper on the plate like aside you guys have what you want and, and so mike can you imagine my marketing manager would have shot me right there if i go back and the dinner tab is three times what it should have been i mean can you imagine the fear he put in me and these are the guys i want to associate with all the mustang buff book guys and yet he's he goes around the table and says before we start uh we're all gonna have a bullfighter's dream you know what a bullfighter's dream is and they're all looking at each other. And then they look at me like, I don't, I've never heard of such a thing. I go, what is it? He goes, Clor, go outside and you tell the, the bartender you want, what do, we, what do we have, Jim? Like eight guys there, eight bullfighters yeah. dreams. So eight bullfighters dreams. It was uh, 151, Ronrico, 151. Um, God knows uh, what else. It was, it was enough. You could have <laughs> killed a bullfighter. It was, it was jet fuel as far as I, so I went out there to the bar, I told the guy, and he goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I come back and again, failed John Coletti in front of Camposano and all my favorite writers. And he goes, I said, John, he, he doesn't, he's never heard of such a thing. He goes, oh, for crying. Well, that's, I can't tell you what he said. So he got up from the table and went over to the bar and he came back in. He said, okay, we're going to have him. So a few minutes later, they came in. Remember, Jim, they were in these tall shot glasses and they looked like they were separated mike you know how you're when you put your ethanol gas in with your regular gas how it separates the water out <laughs> well that's what these look like like what is this stuff and that's what they tasted like oh I'm my god you. it smelled like yeah <laughs> mike it was the worst smelling it smelled like rocket fuel and transmission i i don't know so we have <laughs> these little shot glasses so john says nothing he says okay boys like because these are all his friends and they, these little glasses had a little, a little handle on them. And he picked them up and he raised the glass like we're all going to take a shot, right? He says, okay, raise your glass. So we all raised the glass, but Camposano, the only one, raised the shot glass and then downed it. And then we're all looking and John goes, no. <laughs> You're supposed to sip it. And he, he completely downed it. And everybody stopped. We didn't drink it at all. We all looked at Camposano. And, and he, John goes, no. And he covered his face. He set the glass down. And I looked at Jim. I was next to Jim, sitting next to Jim. And I go, Jim, are you all right? You know what Jim said to me, Mike? Uh, call the ambulance. No, he, he, all he said was, I said, Jim, are you all right? And he goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> then, then I go, really? He goes, no. He goes, no, I, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Really, I'm fine. So and Coletti I, I... says, oh, boys, you have to sip this. And I could not. Jim, I think this showed your genius. You couldn't sip that. 
who's gonna sip something that oh my that was off it was the worst it was the worst i ever had but when when you're when you said no it wasn't even your voice i go who's in there it's not camposano so this is what happens ladies and gentlemen when john coletti celebrates the glory of the cobra because he knew those eight men in that room were going to write great reviews about the mustang cobra and about the ford special vehicle team and mike as you remember uh, SVT had no advertising. Our advertising was, please, God, let the auto writers write good things about SVT because that was going to tell our story. And, you know, John, the other my other favorite memory, and I we did this with our former guest when we had uh, Tom Scarpello on, uh, is their entry into that Chicago auto show. I mean, who does that? Only Coletti. You know, he's, he, he stepped out of that car to, to, in that smoke to, for everybody to see. I, I mean, I, no one can top that. Smoky burnouts are absolutely prohibited. Most people would be fired. I remember... Uh, Neil Ressler came out to one of our SVT anniversary events and said, all I asked Coletti was, you know, please don't get me fired. Ressler, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a great guy. Uh, another great hero of ours. But Jim, um, those memories, I mean, have to, I mean, I know you're, you're well-versed in muscle cars. You, you, you know all the Chevys and the Vets, and you've got a lot of that background. But um, those memories of being with the, the longest-running, most successful um, a niche performance group in the 120 year history of Ford have to just hold a special place beyond just muscle Mustangs and fast Fords. You know, I, I go back, I still have every single copy of muscle Mustangs. I still go back and look at my powered by SVT book. And, you know, it's just, I sit there sometimes, like I said, I got my driver's license. I think the Mustang made 130 horsepower with a V8 when I had my license. It was there was the end of performance, and 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 I think that's why everybody then bought old muscle cars because there was a link there that you know my first car was a '71 Barracuda, and you know that's where everybody was kind of going, and then like I said in '82 when the boss is back with with the big two barrel and the Marine Cam and then the four barrel in '83, and I will tell you you want to hear a good Coletti burnout story this you'll like this. So before the uh, New York Auto Show in, I guess, it was 04, which is good. Usually it opens on Good Friday. We go out to dinner with the New York press off the New York uh, Ford office and Coletti is in town. And we're in the Hammerstein ballroom and they want something special. They want to do something really unusual for the 11 o'clock news. And they're like, what can you do? And I'm like. And at this point, I may have had a couple of drinks too many. So I, I turned to my partner in crime and I said, they had a, a Mr. Chrome Terminator 2004 Cobra there. I said, well, put Evan in the car. We'll do a burnout right on the Hammerstein ballroom floor. And that'll be your, your big kickoff to the, to the 11 o'clock news. And they're like, oh, that's a great idea. So meanwhile, there's a Boss 429 in front of the car and a Shelby something or other. And, and we're like, get these cars out of the way <laughs> just in case something goes wrong. And so the guy from the TV station in New York City doesn't know what a burnout is. He thinks a burnout is the guy on the, the homeless guy on the street corner. <laughs> so I go to Evan. I said, just do a burnout. I said, whatever you do. This is live TV in front of how many millions of people in New York and New Jersey? 
make sure, let the car come to an idle and hit that traction control button. But you know how those cars were. If you started the car and hit the trash control button while it was cycling through, it wouldn't shut off. I said, don't embarrass us on national, on you know New York TV. So the guy sticks the camera in his face and the microphone is like, what are you going to do? And I'm, like, I'm going to do a burnout. <laughs> and thank God it went well. No Boss 429s were harmed. They left these two giant patch marks in the middle of the Hammerstein ballroom. They're probably still there. And afterwards, Coletti, me, Evan, the people from the New York press office, including Kathleen Hamilton, all went to Gallagher's for steaks at like one in the morning. I mean, it was just a night that just never wanted to end. And frankly, I wish it never did. I mean, it was just one of those great nights. And But it wasn't just Coletti. Everybody on the Mustang team, yeah. whether it was SBT, Hao Tai Tang, um, who we connected because he grew up in Vietnam, moved to Queens when he was a kid and became a Mets fan, which I am a Mets fan, for better or worse. <laughs> and oh, my God. It was, we went, you know, we were together at the, uh, I guess it was the 07 GT500 launch in San Francisco. Um, we uh when we went to the Mach one introduction at SEMA show, it was the one day of like Wednesday of SEMA, they introduced the Mach one at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And you know, everybody's out on the track. Next thing I know, I like I don't see anybody out on the track anymore. And I know I'm a great race car driver, but I shouldn't be like they shouldn't be so far in my rear view mirror that I can't see in them. Next thing I know, I get black flagged. Oh. And I'm like, uh-oh, what do I do now? And so I pull in with the Mach 1, and and Hal comes up to me and says, Jim, he goes, we thought we were going to have to shoot the tires out on the car. <laughs> he goes, everybody else is inside having lunch, and you're out on a racetrack. And I said, Hal, I can eat lunch every day. There's not every day that someone rents me a racetrack and gives me a brand new car that no one else has ever even seen and tells me to go out on the track with it. <laughs> so, yeah, you probably... If not for the black flag, they would have had to shoot the tires out from under me. <laughs> well, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Now, uh, working for Pro Media, it's cool that you're not just, just the director of sales, but that you also have your hand in the events. And I, you mentioned uh, the NMRA. You're still running uh, race pages, which is a great, great mag. And uh, what, fastest street fastest car. Street car now. Yeah, yeah, fastest street car. So I, I'm glad that you're still working those events. We really, uh, we're going to bang the drum hard for the NMRA uh, big event down there at Norwalk. And of course you have the big windup at Bowling Green. Uh, you guys are doing the Lord's work when it comes to Mustang. Um, Mike, we're just so lucky to be, we could talk to Jim for five hours, but um, we'll have to have you back on after the, the program and talk more SVT and Ford stories when that event's done, Jim. And uh, just having you on tonight, has been a blessing. Well, John, I'm blessed to know you and I'm blessed to know Mike my whole life. I've been blessed. There's no getting around it. I mean, how else do you explain how a, a fat, bald guy from New Jersey can end up reaching the heights that I have in my career. I'm just so fortunate. A lot of hard work, but you know what? Some lucky turns, too. And I hope, I hope, hope, hope that I'll see everybody at the NMRA 25th Anniversary Ford Homecoming, June 9 through 11 at Norwalk Raceway Park, or as it's called, Summit Motorsports Park now in Norwalk, Ohio. We are going to have a down-the-pound ice cream challenge. They sell ice cream by the pound there. So come on over. We're plus, they, have uh, plus they can catch you on your channel too, right, Jim? 
Absolutely. Muscle Car Campy on YouTube. Um, I'm having a ball with cars, mostly old muscle cars. I'm going to be soon branching into more modern stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but there's so many great things. And in fact, I have a video, two videos with John Coletti on my channel, uh, one on his 68, his 68 AMX and one on exactly what we talked about, how he saved the Mustang for in 1994. What a what an amazing feat he accomplished with that car. And if you think about it, that was one of the best-selling Mustangs of all time. You know, the S197, the S55 have never sold, uh, S550 rather, I'm sorry, have never sold in the kind of numbers that the SN95 did. It's remarkable for a project that was brought in on a complete budget, yeah. proved to be one of the most popular and enduring Mustangs of all time. Uh, that's that's the beauty of John, and, and that is also the beauty of one of the most popular uh, Mustang writers of all time. Jim Camposano, thanks so much for joining us tonight on the Mustang Owners Podcast. John, Mike, it's a real pleasure. I'll be on any time you want if you ever would actually want to have me back. Don't know why you would do that, but I'd be more than more than happy to do it. I uh, I could talk Mustangs all day long, all night long. Boards, board performance, you name it. I I love this stuff. Well, thanks again, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is why we have our Mustang Owners Podcast. I hope you enjoyed your time tonight with Jim Camposano. And until next time, we're just going to have to catch you down the road. Mm -hmm.